You're on the dock with Pastor Troy and the On the Dock gangs here. This is our initial first full team podcast of On the Dock. We're excited to be here. What a ripping song, Ben. I mean, that, that Ben, Lucas, and Dustin put together that On the Dock version, giving tribute to Otis Redding, doing it our way. I, I gave those guys an assignment. I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a Georgia guy. I'm a Memphis guy. I want some dirty Memphis blues. And they they brought them Christian cells in and put some put some rip on it. I mean, just that thing's got some soul to it. We did our best. You did a great job on that. So that's On the Dock. Welcome to On the Dock with Pastor Troy. I'll introduce our team here in just a minute. And I just want to give tribute again to o, Otis Redding on that music. But I want to tell you about On the Dock real quick, just give you a quick overview. Uh, on the Dock was birthed out of a vision to connect with you, to help re- literally uh, take our conversations together and propel them into your faith. So On the Dock is about conversations to propel your faith. And one of the things that we, we did was his, I sat down with my daughter, Megan, who did the artwork. He, I'll put the un, unimposed artwork up. We did this artwork where we just said, I said, I said Megan, I want to talk with people who can enrich our faith that have been out in the deep and they can get us ready to go out of that pass and get out there. And I want to remember all along the way that the lighthouse will guide us home anytime and the lighthouse is watching out for us. So on the docks, all about us sitting together, having conversations together that will propel our faith, as we said, and we have this incredible credo I told you about. It's out of the shallows and into the deep. We're going to we're going to have conversation here in the safe place. We're not going to be politically controversial. We're not going to be beating up on people. This is a show where we're going to have our friends in. We're going to have people we care about in and we're going to have people that you would want to be your spiritual father, your spiritual mother, mentors, coaches, and we're going to help you get out there. Uh, the battle zones out there, there'll be plenty of that out there. We're going to give you tools that will equip you for that kind of conversation, but in here, it's a safe place. We're going to drink a cup of Crown Brew today and we're going to sit back and have a little conversations and get out in the deep. Mm, that's a good one there. I hope that's not trademarked by anybody, that gurgle. Um, uh, First Peter 3.15 is our heart here, but in your heart to revere Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience. Remember that. So that those who speak maliciously against you and your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed. We want to give people the tools today that it's challenging to live your faith. So we want to give people tools to give them hope, to give them an answer for the hope when they're asked about how they live, why they live the way they do. And we want to do it in a way that's respectful, even in the midst of people that maybe don't respect us. We want to do it in such a way that, that we represent Christ, that even if they're nailing us to a cross, we're saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We want to do it such a way that when it's all said and done, remember that Roman centurion soldier underneath looked up and said, surely this was a man of God. So we want to we want to have that ethos in our spirit. And we've got some great upcoming shows. I'll just say real quick, check out these upcoming shows. We're going to be talking about Foundations of Truth right now. We're going to be looking at these right now. They're going to be great. We're going to be doing a four-part series starting today. You'll love it. We're going to get our team into that in just a minute. But we coming up, we'll be looking at, uh, we'll have our first guest in the studio very soon here. And it'll be Pastor Troy's spiritual father and some of my key mentors. Wanna, they're people that got me off the dock and out into the water. So we'll get them here. We'll be getting some of Ben's friends and mentors in as well. And we'll get Donna, we'll get Donna in the queue as well. And Beth, Beth and I are going to have a lot of pastors and their wives here. And we're going to be getting in conversations with them as well. Uh, we're going to also be talking about pastoring in 2020 and beyond what it looks like pastoring in these new waters, especially post COVID. We're going to be looking at spiritual needs and issues of the church post COVID because the church has certainly changed. Uh, there's some things that we're doing similar, but a lot of things have been added. And then there's whole, whole new realm of things. So we'll be looking at that and we'll be inviting some key spiritual 
spiritual leaders and their pastors, pastors' wives, uh, different people, and to talk about that. We're going to be also looking at leading area Christian business owners. We're going to get into some of these people that are doing great work, like our friends at Crown Brew. We've got other great friends. We've got a great list of business leaders all across the region and area. We're going to get them in here and talk about how they do Christianity and business together. Hopefully, it'll inspire you to take some chances and also get you involved with working with them. And then we're going to be bringing in area municipal leaders, government leaders. We're not bringing them in to fight with them. We're not going to argue with them. We're bringing them in to find out how the church can get behind them. These these leaders we'll be bringing in are, are brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're going to empower ourselves to stand along beside them and lift them up in the name of Jesus Christ and improve our region. Finally, we're going to be taking in-depth looks at a lot of government, uh, a lot of government leaders and municipal leaders, but we're going to really then go look at some regional ministries. We've got some great regional ministries in this area. Everything from uh, Ben's wife, uh, runs uh, Haley runs the Mosaic Project. We're going to get her in here and talk about her whole network of people. It's great. We're going to be talking about the pro, uh, the promise with Dave Morani. We'll be talking about Marion Medical Ministry. We're going to, have to bring all kinds of leaders in, talking about them, and get you engaged with an incredible ministry in this region. Why? Hopefully, it inspires you to partner with them. Maybe it inspires you to develop your own ministry that we can get behind. But we're excited about that, and there's going to be a lot more. We've planned. Uh, Don has been involved with all the, the production stuff here. We are planning over 60 shows currently, and all of those have multi-parts. So we're talking about more than a year or two of stuff. We're planning on putting shows out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I think it's going to be pretty cool. What do you guys think? Pretty good? Let me give a few more here. Uh, let me just give last bit of housekeeping. We'll get into the stuff. You can find us on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We'll try to release most of our podcasts. And our main partners we're going to be using will be YouTube. Find us at On the Dock with Pastor Troy at YouTube. We'll be available through the audio only at iTunes and Spotify. Check those out. And also these other partners, we're going to highlight them as well that we want to encourage you to go to YouTube, hit the subscribe, hit the like and the notification, do all that. We want every one of those things to be plugged like that. But then Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku, we have a Sermonette channel on Roku, so download the Sermonette app. Rumble, we're on Rumble, and Sermonette itself. It's a great app, great program. Our archives will be there. And then you can find a lot out. Donna will be, we'll tell you more about that in a little bit, but Donna will be leading our social media effort, and she has got us plugged in. I mean, she is going to be communicating with you, and she's going to be using Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, and Twitter. Those are our four main social media platforms. Feel free to comment, send us information. We'll be trolling and watching that. Keep it nice. Remember, we're doing nice things. You do nice things. We're not going to get controversial. We're not going to use your controversial stuff. We'll just block you. We're not going to have that business. And uh, so basically, if you want to communicate, you've got some ideas. Maybe you've got that regional ministry business. Your, your, your church is doing something innovative. Your, your pastor is creative and you want him on the show. You can reach out to us through those means and communicate with us. And get us questions, and we'll build those into some special shows we're going to do. Also, you can reach out to us and and be a partner with us by emailing us at info at onthedoc.org. You can send show ideas. You can ask comments, questions, find out more, info at onthedoc.org. You can also check out our website at www.onthedoc.org. And last but not least, as we get started, we are set up a special Patreon site, and you can become a partner of On The Doc by going to our Patreon site. You can link to there through our Facebook page or through our, our social media. You'll see links put up by Donna regularly, or you can go to our, at always to our website, on the doc.org and you can go right to our Patreon site or go to my Patreon and look for look us up and there you can become a partner or a supporter or a sponsor. Find out about ways you can be involved and very soon we'll have our own. We should have had them guys. We don't have them. We we got on the doc coffee cups coming. Oh cool. Oh. So that'll be our first premium when somebody becomes an on the doc partner, uh, we'll send them a coffee cup to say hello. 
Then they have to go to Crown Brew, get some coffee. Got to. Got to go to Crown Brew. I mean, that's that's the way it is. And, and he is my son, Josh Josh Pentone and, and uh, Jared Gravitt. Uh, they, the owners there, proprietors, great guys, and they are partnering with us today. So let's let's get in the mix. Oh, hey, by the way, um, uh, we, we just love you. We're excited about what we're going to do. And as we kick this off, we've got a really, really special topic for you. We started this off back in February. I started a series called... Um, well, the series was entitled, let me give you the graphic for that. I think I have the graphic for it right there. Walk in the Truth. It was a series I did, started February 21st, and it went all the way through May 2nd. We took a little bit of a break for Holy Week, Palm Sunday, Easter. But after that, we really dove into it, and it really triggered a lot of people in very positive ways. It's really developed some faith. And we're going to bring some of the principles in here because it's out of this series that kind of said, hey, we need to be doing a podcast. We need to get something out there that helps build truth foundation in all of our families and our people and Christians and believers. So really our goal here in this first uh, series, this first show that we're going to be doing on the foundations of truth is to kind of break down truth, look at core values of truth, and then get, get, figure out how to help you let it go. So we're just going to have some great conversation here. We'll get some basic teaching in, great conversation, and we'll kind of enrich our faith. So let me do this real quick. Let me jump back and get started here with our panel. Let me introduce our team here. Um, we're in the Foundation of Truth Series Part 1, and I've got this incredible team here. You, you Out of screen, let me just say out of screen right now, is Lucas Winkler. He's our executive director, and he's Running everything right now. Thank you, Lucas, for being in the house. The place is great. Sounds great. What 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 a what an incredible gift. And then across the table here, I've got my co-host, my handsome woodworking. Look at the wood here. He built this set, this beautiful cottonwood table. My incredible co-host, Ben Ottolini. He's the worship pastor at Community Faith Church here and also our co-host. Behind him is our our keep-us-in-line person. The person that keeps everything driving is Donna Kranuski. Donna is our executive producer. So she'll be, you'll see her on the table, but you're going to also see her behind the scenes if you're guesting or whatever. She'll be the one trying to get stuff together and get everything coordinated. She's going to drive us. And to the right of me needs no introduction. None, but people are stunned. She's been quite the hog on the mic lately. She hogged mic during the educational family town meetings. She jumped up and took over the mic on Wednesday night. So we decided to put a mic right in front of her face. It's my partner in life, my lovely wife, the mother of Community Faith Church, Mother Beth Benetone on the mic. Yee. Isn't that amazing? Praise God. God, that's our team here. Great team. So, so. Guys, let me just start with this. Let me start with the scripture. For I, in the in the in the truth series, we used three John. I'm not going to use three John for this conversation because it's a big scripture. We have to unpack it. But I want to use for what we're talking about in the foundations of truth. I want to use John fourteen six. Everybody knows that it, it's simple. Jesus told him, "I am the way and the truth and the life." He's talking to the disciples, and no one can come to the Father except through me. I'm the way the truth, and the life. And and I want to hang on that for pretty much, that'll be our featured text as we have this larger discussion. And the core question of this is going to be today, what is truth? What is truth? How do we define it? How do we break it apart? How do we, how do we understand it? How do we apply it? And then how do we live it out and be honest to it in a way that I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except by me? How do we live it out so that we get to the Father? that we do it in such a way that we show up and he says, enter in my son, my daughter, well done. 
you know, my good and faithful servant. That, that should be our end goal. And I, I think it's really a struggle today. So I, I guess I want to start the question out with the panel here. So we'll just start across with my, my fine co-host, Ben. Just raw here, raw, unshaped by any teaching yet. For you, what is truth? How do you define it? Um, hmm. Well, I think everything's really relative. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, so what is truth? I mean, obviously, the, at the core, foundationally, what Scripture teach us, teaches us what truth is. And I think, for me, what what I strive to see as truth is, like, I, as far as my identity goes and what I believe is, I try to always come back to what, what does God say about about me and about my life and about how to respond in given situations, I would say at the core, that's, that's where you find what truth is. That's, that's good. What does God say? Donna, Donna, our executive producer on set today. She used to be in front of the camera today. And uh, what do you think about what is truth for you? How do you define it? How does that look, look like in your household? For me, truth is something that's unchangeable. It's something that everything else boils down to. It's the, the basic basic thing that I can measure other things with. And as a Christian, that's God's word. That's exactly what I can measure anything and everything by. And so for me, it's some, the Bible that is unchangeable, God that is unchangeable. That's outstanding. I like that concept that you have of basic measure. measure. When you think of basic, we always think of the simplest things, but when, as, a, as a chef and a cook, the base is what you must have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't bake bread without flour and water and yeast. Right. That's the base. You can add salt. You can put olives in it. You can flavor it and herbs on it. But you've got to have these things. Some people put sugar in it. But the base of bread is flour, water, and yeast. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, you don't have a loaf of bread. If you take the yeast out, you can have unleavened something. But that's a whole different product. I always tell people when I was teaching the truth, pro- my, my Making a Church from Scratch book, I wrote it years ago, that... The church, for me, I described it as Baskin Robbins ice cream. But then we came out, all of a sudden, very soon came out the yogurt and the custard stands. I love yogurt. I love custard. But yogurt and custard are not ice cream. They're distinctly different products. And the church, if we want to be true to what we're called to be as an ice cream, then we got to be Baskin Robbins. It's going to be completely different than adding eggs into a custard. And so, to me, we've got to define who the church is. And I think those basic measures are a good way to describe it. Really, the Apostles' Creed. Absolutely. That's a great boil down to what it is. And we're, we'll get, we'll get in that in an episode coming up. We're going to talk deeply about that and see what that really means and where that is in the church today. That's a very good, very good word. Mother Beth. I, hey, listen, I call her Mother Beth, not just because she's the mother of, not really because she's the mother of our children. We've got four beautiful children. But when we began to travel in Africa, you know, years ago, um, a pastor's wife as the honor of being the mother of the church, mother of the community, mother of the church. And so they would call her Mother Beth, Mother Beth, you know. So she got so used to everybody calling her Mother Beth. So when the team, our first team in Pawnee came home, everybody just kept calling her Mother Beth. And so that's just kind of stuck. So there's all kinds of people. I mean, people will, re, people like, how so, is Mother Beth here today, you know? So, so it's not old Mother Hubbard. That's different. Mother Beth. Mother Beth, what is truth to you? Um, to me, God is truth. I mean, just himself. So if you leave him out of your life, if you leave him out of anything, then you don't have truth. Like you said, you have another 
product. Wow. That's good. That's pretty uh, That's pretty core good, isn't it? Pretty, pretty good. What is truth? It's God. I mean, and what she's saying is if you leave him in, it's a God thing. If you leave him out, it's not. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's good. Oh, yeah. I love it. You guys done a good job with that. Pretty good first panel discussion question. God, we could, man, we work on that. All right, now let me let me just just go back and and give you a minute on the minute on this. Y'all remember from the the Truth Project class we did? Uh, we did the thing walking in truth. We talked about the definition of truth. The definition of truth is it's the body of real things. It's the events. It's actuality. Okay, that's the definition of just truth. Miriam Webster. It's the state of being the case. It's a fact. We learned that. Um, we also learned that a biblical definition of truth is that truth is that which is consistent with the mind, with the will, the character, the glory, and the being of God. Even more to the point, truth is the self-expression of God. I think Mother Beth said, God is truth. So, so truth, is the self, truth is God. Truth is the self-expression of God. So that is well put, very well put. And then we, we, we go on and take a look at this. If you think about this a little bit more, um, I, I guess what I want to ask for you is what is how do you define in, in a biblical way? I mean, you've given me one definition, but what would be your, your, your biblical definition? I mean, you've kind of got his truth, but if you were explaining it to a child, maybe one of the young kids in the church or young kid in your family, and they said, well, he is the way of the truth and the life. No one comes to father. How would you define this biblical truth as different from, just when we say, well, I told the truth, or that's true. Ben? That's go a, that's go a for good, it, Ben. That's a good question. I'm glad you're first on this yeah, one. Well, it's funny because, you know, I have a three-year-old, almost five-year-old, and I haven't, I haven't thought about that. You know, if they came up to me and asked me that question, honestly, I don't. I'd have to put some thought into it before I yeah. just laid it out there. Well, well, the nice thing is about our biblical faith is, we don't really have to put a lot of thought in it. We can just yeah. recite the Apostles' Creed. Mm-hmm. Sure. We can just open the Word of God and say in the beginning. Mm-hmm. We, the Bible itself is the truth, you know. And, and the, the Apostles' Creed is that synthesized, as, as you said, uh, you know, the basic measure, uh, Donna. So, so we can begin to just say, hey, this is what we believe the truth is. There are a lot of other truths, kind of light truths, like, like, like man, Beth has a wonderful blue steel maximum challenger. That color looks true to me, you know, but there's a lot of true things, but the truth, the way, the truth, the life, the things that, that, that are like, you could stake your eternity on the things that are Mm non-negotiables. That's kind of what we're talking about. What do you guys think? What do you think, Donna, Beth, either one of you? I'm still at the Apostles' Creed. <laughs> I, that, I, what can you say past that? I, I, that the Lord's nice Prayer. Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is a great one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are very simple. That's a very simple prayer that a that a child could could be explained through. Uh, Apostles' Creed is quite long, but I I think the Apostles' Creed in small bites, especially for a new believer or for a child, would be a great way to begin to introduce our Christian faith and our belief system, our truth system. Right. Totally good. Very good. Let me add a word to it because when I said truth, you know, there's a lot of things we can say is true. Like, boy, that that, that cut of Otis Redding that you guys did on the dock, that's true. That's truly good. Okay, now let me add because the word truth in the Bible doesn't appear as just a simple word of truth. When we see it, it always comes out as absolute truth. And I think that's what really will separate our discussion in defining this is how we get away from that. It will literally... Uh, redefine it. So biblical truth, 
absolute truth, put the word absolute in, is something that is true at all times, in all places, no matter what the circumstances are. It's a fact and a reality. It's a fact and a reality. So it's not just something that's true. It's the reality. It's the all of our life that cannot be changed, nor is it dependent upon how we feel or what our emotions are. I think that's a big deal today because mm-hmm. feelings and emotions are in a lot of our truth decisions today. People say, well, I feel this way, so it must be true. Or I can be this because I feel like I'm that. So yeah. it's this absolute is beyond that. All right. It transcends culture and time by definition. And it's a universal standard, meaning if it's true here, it's true in Liberia, true in Asia, true in Philippines, true in Australia, whether you're upside down or down, if you're landed on the moon, it's still true. It'll be the same. And it's a moral sphere and it determines right and wrong. And absolute truth finds its source in God. I believe, I believe he's, he's the source of that. Like Beth said in her definition that God is truth. So it finds itself sourced in God and, and in his word or, or, or good synthesis of his word for the early Christians was the apostles creed. Cause they didn't have, everybody didn't have a Bible. You know what I'm saying? So they had to learn those teachings, those doctrinal things that they could remember. And it was a learned and transferred faith. So absolute truth, I think is a real key that we, when we talk about this and when we're talking about truth, we need to probably stay in that realm that when we're talking about this absolute truth above truth, it's like the foundation stones. And th- I think that's what we're, when we say, I am the way and the truth and the life, he's not saying I'm just a true, cool dude. He's saying I'm the bedrock. Mm-hmm. I'm the basic measure that must be in the formula. I, I'm, I'm in that. The creed is me. Mm-hmm. You know, the word is me. I am in the beginning and the end. I'm the alpha and the mega. I am the logos. I am the very word. So, so, so keep that in your mind. And, and then, and then the other thing I really want to, I just want to have a little dialogue. When you hear the word absolute, how does that for you separate your kind of modern day understanding of how truth is being bandied around? When you hear absolute truth versus, well, this is true or this is my truth. How does, how does that separate? Because I think we talk about the way the truth and we can, a lot of people reduce that to simple truth, but I think it's absolute truth. So how does that change how you would explain it, define it, or lay it down? I would I would say it just means no matter what the circumstance is, no matter how you feel, um, like facts aren't dependent on your feelings, right? So these absolute truths, it doesn't matter if I wake up feeling like a watermelon, God still calls me his son and... You know, you know what I mean? That's right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's a dumb example. No, 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 no. Yeah. I ate too much shrimp last night. I, I woke up in the middle of the night feeling like watermelon too. Right. Just swolled up, you know. Yeah, it's a hard feeling. You know. It's hard it, to cope with. A lot of water weight, you know. That's a really temporary feeling I had, you know. But but what you're talking about is something that doesn't change. Yeah. yeah. No matter which way the wind's blowing. It's... How, how do you separate out, Donna, absolute? Well, I think um, a good illustration is the love thy neighbor. And it doesn't matter if you don't share their belief system or their political views or their skin color or they they like to to eat watermelon or don't um love thy neighbor is love thy neighbor it doesn't matter who they are or what they are love thy neighbor and so i think sometimes we apply our ideas our beliefs our feelings to something that you boil it down to the absolute truth that's not what god said love thy neighbor except when mm -mm, there's nothing that adds to it love thy neighbor is just that and so that's a good way for me to boil down to get past take out the feelings take out the views take out the opinions take out anything that tries to sway or move the truth off of the rock foundation because it's something that isn't changeable and something i shouldn't try to change either i like that love thy neighbor that's kind of the absolute 
that's scary for some of us because mm-hmm. what if you have bad neighbors? You have to really, I, I, I del- suck it up. Suck it up. I, I scared one of our people today. I deliver meals. Beth and I deliver meals to people that are shut in and, and kind of held captive right now. We're going to do it until the complete COVID release is over. So we take about you know, 9, 10, 15 meals every day. So so yesterday when we took meals, I was short with one of the people. I've never been really short with them around there. So right before we got there, I found out our meals were like all child-sized portions. Mm-hmm. There was a miscommunication. There were people unhappy about it. We started doing summer children's feeding. And so... They have to feed two children's meals, and the rules say four-ounce servings in it. And so we we, are, we we get reimbursed to do a child's breakfast and then a child a, a lunch a lunch. So we already serve a lunch. So we added a breakfast. The breakfast only goes to the children. We get reimbursed for both. So somebody running the the, who, the people running the system today. We are, our leader was out. The director was out. They they said, well, we got to make sure they're four-ounce servings. So what they decided to do was instead of making forty children's meals to match the forty lunches. And, and, and first of all, the four ounce wasn't a rule as far as the size. It's the minimum requirement. It's to keep people from cheating the government oh. reimbursement. So you have to have at least a four ounce portion of the entree and at least this and that. So it was okay if we had eight, 10, 12, 15 pounds. So, but they saw that and they saw the rule. They didn't process it through well. And the next decision was, well, how will we sort out the lunch from that? So let's just make all 300 people's lunch today four ounces. So when you open it up, there was a spoonful of pasta for all these people. I'm delivering 15 meals to all these people that have been waiting for this meal. It's Monday. They're hungry. They didn't get a meal on Sunday. And I find out in process, I'm delivering a teaspoon of food. And I was a little bit out of my mind because I knew that wasn't the rule. <laughs> I was on the way there frustrated, wanting to call and talk to the people about it and all that. I got out and I took the meals around. And as I carried them, I was getting frustrated because they're so light. They were so light. I was like, why am I delivering something when the container's a dollar and the food's only 80 cents? The container costs more right now than the food that's in it. So I was getting frustrated. I was handing it to the people that I always love on. And one of them, I just said, here, take this. And I said, I'm frustrated and I got to go. And he says, so he, he grabbed my wife today. He said, is Pastor Troy okay? They've never seen me frustrated. Never seen me frustrated. And literally, uh, I had to stop and say, well, I was frustrated because you didn't get enough food yesterday. I forgot to tell you that. I was trying to go back and kind of get that thing fixed. So today, the I'm just telling you, the box was full today. <laughs> so absolutely, I, I guess I should have done better loving on my brother, even in the midst of my circumstance at that moment. Although I was loving on him, my frustration was loving on him because he got a bigger meal today. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just not surprised to see me. He thought maybe he had done something right. and he had done nothing, you know, and actually nobody had done anything. It was just bad communication. So I, I think that's a really good word there. What about you, Beth? Um, I don't even remember what the question was. <laughs> the <but>. Absolute truth. <laughs> um, Sometimes, I mean, we don't always feel like applying the truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, on any given oh, yeah. day, we have bad days. We don't really want to have to think about that. But it doesn't change. Bad neighbor, truth. bad day, it's still truth. Yes. Four ounces of food. Yeah. Right. It's still the truth. It was a minimum. All they had to do was read the Leclerc. It was to keep from cheating the system. We didn't want to game the system. We love to give lots of food. It truly was the minimum. You guys know Pastor Benjamin does not like going out with small plates of food, right? No. You, you guys all know that. It just nothing got at my ego more than to see that. So they all fixed it. God bless them. You're right. We we got to lift our heads up and look past those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let me let's take a look at this here real quick. We just got just a little bit more in this episode, but uh, there's a modern online philosophy that says there are always going to be many different points of view. This is a modern philosophy class. It's, it's actually in the curriculum. It states there are always going to be many points of view. 
or as I would say, multiple, it says multiple truths. There are many truths, but as long as your definition of truth is believable to yourself, then your point of view is valid. Think about that. Your point of view is valid. What What do you guys think about that statement? You think that's true? I think saying I think that's that- your truth. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why we're in such chaos right now. When just saying it's valid doesn't make it true. Right. Right. The, the, the essential idea of truth, one of my notes says, is in the Bible is not conformity to some external standard, but it's faithfulness and reliability, and God is the standard. And so this idea that, that this class says today, modern truth, what do you think about that, Ben? Oh, man. <laughs> so repeat the statement real quick. Yeah, the, the the modern philosophy class is real class, real 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 curriculum. Real, they put this out. They say our class understands there's multiple truths. There are many truths, and as long as your definition of truth is believable to yourself, then your point of view is valid. So you could have as many truths as there are people on the planet. Yeah, and and they could change. It could be fluid. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't agree with the statement, but so. I mean, maybe maybe I'm going on a rabbit trail here, but I feel like if I'm having a conversation with someone who believes that statement, it doesn't mean I just look at him and go, well, you're an idiot. Right. You, you know, you want to be able to have a conversation without being a butthole. At the, my friend. At, 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 at the same time, you, 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 can, you can listen to them say that, and, and I think really they understand there's not two truths because you could say, well, I believe we could both fly. Yeah. Let's step off this cliff together and see, see if they jump, you know, you know, they may go, well, you're psychotic, you know? Yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, you can listen to them, but then I think you can go back and reason now, Buddhism, agnostics, atheist teachers, uh, human secularists. Um, and now let me add to this. Lots of progressive Christian churches describe truth in a twofold nature, that there's a conventional and a relative truth that can change and be fluid. And they also teach that there's also this other absolute ultimate thing, you know, that there's this God thing, but he's pretty busy and that's pretty set up. You don't have to worry about it. So there's a lot of teaching today that there's two truths. So my question to you, we we only got about 30, 30, 40 seconds before we wrap. Are there two truths? How many truths do you think there really are? Just one truth. Just one truth. There may be a lot of things that are true in that lower sense, but when we go to absolute truth, there's just one. Hmm. Would we be all in agreement on that? Yes. I think that's it. So there are not, what we come to the conclusion here is there are not two truths. So we're going to dig deeper into this in our next episode. And and I want to say, what we call these false truths or these relative truths, I call these veiled truths. They're truths that we we want to see through our own veil, our own lenses, our own rose-colored glasses. But what we really want to be looking at as we study this and getting into our core to get us out of the shallows and into the deeps, we want to be looking at this absolute ultimate truth that can get us home. So in our next podcast, when we come back here in just a little while, we're going to be teaching you on, we're going to go deeper. We're going to look at core. What are these core foundational truths? What are these solid truths that we can use to build a, a good faith walk? And we're going to be doing that real soon. So I'm excited about that. We'll get back to that in the next episode and we'll go there. But I want to thank again, everybody for joining us for this part as we launch into the foundations of truth. Uh, we're going to just remind you again, you can reach out to us anytime you want. Check us out on our main platforms again, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Go watch us also on Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, sermon app but check youtube out number one give us some likes subscribes hit notifications share that with other people reach out to us and text us give us questions any comments you'd like to if you would you can do those on our 
social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, and Twitter. And then finally, and not least, go to our Patreon site. Find it through onthedoc.org. Go to our Patreon site and check out how to become an On The Dock partner. And finally, uh, if you've got a good church family, we are excited for you. We want to partner with you and continue to get you out there in the deep. But if you don't have a good place to go to church on Sunday, we would love to have you at our host church, Community Faith Church. We do service times at 10 o'clock on Sundays, 6.30 on Wednesdays. We have a good, live, healthy church service here. We have a great worship leader, don't we, Ben? I mean, he's fine. He's fine. (laughs) Ben's our worship leader. And we look forward to having you out here. We also have a dynamic virtual campus. You can join us at Community Faith Church at coftv.com. You'll also find COFTV on our Facebook and YouTube sites for the Community Faith Church. We are loving it. So thank you for joining us here on the dock. Thank you, panel, for our discussion here. And we look forward to having you back soon. Thanks, guys. God bless. We'll see you soon on the dock with Pastor Joe.